Welcome to the unofficial House of Wind book club, ran by two best friends and self-declared members of the Night Court. Today we are discussing not a single chapter from A Court of Thorns and Roses. Today we are having our first book club meeting to discuss one of our favorite books, Fourth Wing. I know you can hear me from the dark. I know you're listening from afar. I love fourth wing. I'm so excited. I've been re-listening to it on Audible in like preparation for this. And I've been gushing about this book and it's on my husband's TBR. He's a lot slower about his TBR. Wait, did I, I read this first and again, right? I read this first and couldn't shut up about it. Abby, it was like on our story. You put it on our story where you're like, we're going to not be friends if you don't read this book. I was like, good Lord. <clears throat> and that's how I read the book because I was like, shoot, we have a podcast. This is going to be super awkward. Well, listen, that's kind of the same thing that happened with Akatar. So you know what? Best choice ever. I accept. It's okay. Oops. Oopsie. Guys, I do want to say that this entire episode is brought to you by our Star of the Week, The Literary Lifestyle. Of course, we'll get to our Star of the Week segment later. Bless you. Oh my gosh. She's a god on earth. This woman has made our jobs in this podcast right now so much smoother. You know that we go pretty in depth into the Akatar series. And at this point, Libby, I don't know how to not outline every single chapter in extreme detail. And I started to do that to get the plot of Fourth Wing down. And I had like 17 pages. A mental breakdown a little bit on the edge of a, yeah. Yeah. 17 pages for the first three chapters and I was like we gotta we gotta find an alternate solution here and that is actually what this won't work no and that's when I found our star of the week jewels and I am so thankful for her now we will be reading pretty much word for word what this magician woman has written we wanted to say a huge thank you and let it known that she is the source of this material this is going to be our first episode where the material that we are reading out is not our own. We are not reading our own writing, our own outlines, where we're not bleeding ourselves dry into the podcast. We are your own personal audible today. It is her writing. We're reading it. We're very thankful for her. All the credit goes to her for this. Yeah, we just wanted to put that out there. These words are not ours, but she is a magician and we are so thankful for all of her fourth wing knowledge. Thank you for laying the groundwork so that in this episode where we're going to be giving a general synopsis of the book, we can then segue into our other episode later on where we will divulge into the dirty details and the opinions and the fun stuff. Libby, it's called Segu. Abigail. <laughs> Episode's canceled. I'm shutting it off. We're done. I'm prefacing it. <laughs> 2 30 oh. in the morning oh, guys don't even worry this is the last time we're recording in the middle of the night on my end for for a very long while until the end of until next summer so slap happy abby will go away but oh my gosh libby it's time to get started it sure is abby the usual how was your week my week has been great and you know what it is busy season in photography land over here. That's why I'm a little slap happy too. I have been pulling some 17, 18 hour, 
hour, 18 hour editing days. I had 37 photo shoots in the last week. So I've been doing a lot. What was your grand total of photos you edited? How many thousand was that? Oh, shot or edited? Those are two different questions. (laughs) Give us both. Okay, I've shot this week alone close to 20,000 photos. Good, great, 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 good. And I have edited from those photos over 400. And that doesn't sound like that many, but it it really is. Yeah, that is a lot. So I've had very long work days, but at the same time, if you'll notice, it'll be on our template. It says I'm crying is one of my talking points. Yeah, I see that. That question mark. Go on, Abby. Please explain. I, on my way home from a photo shoot on Friday morning, because I woke up and went into the mountains and it was foggy and really cool. And I did a death to my 30s photo shoot that was just so fun and creepy. And we had black smoke bombs and red wine. And Can I do one for you and like vice versa? Like we'll do each other's death to our 30s photos? Yes. Yes. It's going to be about a month late, but that's fine. That's all right. That's fine. Of course. I Wait, death to our 20s. Right, oops. Ha! 20s, not to our 30s. We are not, we're not that old yet. Not not that you're old, but you are. Anyway, so of course we can. But I just had the best photo shoot, and that was this past Friday. And then the weekend before that, when I did the 33 mini sessions, they were actually jet photos, um, which if anybody's interested, I can share, I guess, my photography page over on the on our story, but the jet photos are super fun. I literally get to go out on a military active flight line and get to take photos of really expensive aircraft and the pilots and maintainers families with them. You have to get like special paperwork filled out to do that. You don't just show up. Abby has literally had to fill out forms and yes, ma'am. there are a lot of hoops to jump through. Lots of police officers to deal with and the whole nine yards. During the shoots, you get interrupted quite a bit. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually took photos of the um, base commander Hmm. without being told that's who it was. And Oh, good. Good, good. Find out later. Yeah. I'm glad that I didn't know because I would have freaked out. But anyway, I've just got to do a lot of really cool things recently. So on Friday morning on the way home, it was like the sun was rising and there was literally a rainbow as I was driving home and the mountains were gorgeous. I started sobbing because life's really cool right now. And my best friend's coming. Well, obviously not you because not yet. My other best friend is coming to visit in two weeks from tomorrow. Things are good. It's been a rough period like to get to Aviano and move and like get settled. you know leave everybody I've ever known and loved behind but now that I'm here and like I got my little life set up with my puppies you just kind of glided over the fact that you literally never lived anywhere else but that town oh yeah you went your first move to anywhere has been from small town midwest to a mm-hmm. whole other country. And not in an area of Italy that's known for its warm people? No, 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 no. No, no, we're talking like mountain people. Like, uh, like not, they're not, not, not nice. Yeah. Don't bother me. Look somewhere else, not at my face. So the fact that I kind of was thrown into, without a choice, moving across the entire world. Very suddenly. And then... Changed my life with gastric bypass and all this jazz. I don't know. I just feel like I'm finally like the light at the end of the tunnel thing. And life's been 
really good. But how are you doing? Because I see the words good pee. Yes, the prompt for mine says my child's name and the good pee. Yeah, I need some clarification here, buddy. I was waiting for you to ask about this when I first texted you. It was like, this is what we're talking about this week for me. Uh, I was in the middle of editing like hour seven, 16. So I was like, yep, good peas. <laughs> All right. Good pee. Too, too focused. Yeah. Um. <laughs> too focused for the good pee. <laughs> so we took one of our vehicles in to get service. There was nothing wrong with it. It just, it was time for the tire rotation and oil change. And we decided while it was getting all fixed up that we were gonna go grab some water burger oh and we did oh. i know i'm so sorry i said it and i was like oh don't don't be sad so we got some water burger and at one point my kid was like i i gotta go to the bathroom and you know we're living in a day and age that i don't know at what age i will feel comfortable letting my child go into a bathroom alone without one of the adults yeah, yeah never it'll be a good long time absolutely never so my husband took her which apparently i'm gonna i'm gonna loop back around to that that's an issue where what? i didn't know it was a thing there are some dads that are like we don't take daughters to the bathroom no you don't take your daughter to the bathroom but she's a girl you don't take her out of the boys that's weird. I'm sorry. Who's making it weird? You. Right. Not you, but them. Sorry. So it's okay for, for as a mother to take whatever A little boy into the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Like it's, but the father shouldn't. That's weird. I, it, and if you're listening and that's your uh, viewpoint perspective, then uh, goodbye. Goodbye right now. <laughs> <laughs> have fun in therapy. <laughs> you have some things to work through. <laughs> Yeah, that blew my mind. Anyway, so my husband took our daughter to the bathroom and she was like, we're in the boys, right? Like, the, like this is the boys because whatever reason, it's not like this is a new thing to her. I don't know why today she had felt the need to clarify, ask for clarification, but okay. And my husband was like, yeah. And she was like, well, we got to act like boys then. He was like, okay, how do we do that? And she was like, huh. And she lowers her voice. Huh. This is a good pee. <laughs> Child, what? Right? <laughs> that is so weird. I love it. Her personality is my favorite thing in the world. I just want to understand why automatically the deep voice. And two, like, why in your mind? That's a good pee. This is a good pee. Like, why in your mind is that a boy thing? Being a boy, you're narrating the quality of your pee. Has your husband ever gone, that's a good pee? You know what's freaking hilarious? My mom asked me the same thing. Does Skylar say that? I was like, no. And even yeah. Skylar was like, no, I don't announce how my peas are. Like, we don't talk like that. We have no idea where she got the idea that this is what indicates. Male versus female. Libby, we are both people who have like very potty positive homes. Yeah. Like talking about potty things is normal because we both have tummy issues. And so like I could see her going like, oh, that that wasn't a good poop. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. What? <laughs> this is a good pee. That's a good pee. Oh, I love that kid. But now anytime I have a good pee, that's what I think about. Flippy, have we ever told our followers that every time I talk to your child, I call her my best friend? <laughs> have we ever mentioned that? I don't think so. She was asking me something. I was texting my mom back yesterday and she was like, oh, is that Abby? 
And I was like... First off, don't use my illegal name. I, I didn't correct her. I, <laughs> I was like, yeah. She was like, okay. Like, she's just like, she's come to just be like, oh, you, you texted Abby? And I'm like, sure. Sure, why not? Yeah, who else? If it's not me... Skylar or your mom? Who else? Don't limit my world. Don't, don't call me out like that. I love how she comes up and she's like, "Is that Abby? Is it mom? <laughs> yes. Leave me alone, child. Is that your? Is that one of your three phone contacts? <laughs> I love her so. Much. We know nobody else is calling you, mother. You have no friends. Oh, side note, I. Love how she's the age that she, I mean, she's been a smart aleck and like really witty and funny since literally the age of two, but I love that she's at the age now where I can just joke with her, but also my other best friend, Lindsay, her baby is now two. Yeah. And he's freaking adorable. He's dressed today like he's in the eighties with little overalls and a collared shirt and rolled up like little overall jean pants and little convert oh my gosh he's so cute anyway um i love that now i can just like be sarcastic with him and make him laugh and it reminded me when your child got to that age and she's just so funny that's why i love your daughter's stories because they always make me laugh she's so so much abby she's got (laughs) so much attitude and sass and I don't think people are prepared for her when I try to warn them either and I've talked about we don't lie to her like we are very open about all things right and she scares people with stuff like that like we like last week with the dead body with the dead body yes or she told (laughs) my brother-in-law and his wife, my brother and sister-in-law, they have a, a, a young son, a new baby. And she told them that she can't wait to play with him. But don't worry. She won't let him play with her toys because then he would choke and die. Oh. And they were like, mm. I was proud mm. because they were like, oh, thank you. Like they understood the sentiment. Like she was basically saying, I will watch out and make sure he's safe and like good. And I'll play gentle with them, which was really sweet. But like other, most people aren't prepared. Like her mind goes so extreme. The way she addressed it. You know what though? I would not be surprised if she becomes a mortician or like a doctor. I wouldn't either. I really would. I was, I've been thinking that lately. She's very interested in sickness and illness. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on this podcast. Uh, she is a little too aware of how, like, on Disney, the moms aren't around. Or oh. specifically, the Rugrats. Uh, she was watching, and she wanted to know what happened to Chucky's mom. And it was the Rugrats go to Paris. So that in that movie. Oh, that's a good one. They address. Oh, yeah. Well, they address that his mom died. And so we kind of had to explain like, well, she was sick and she died. And as someone who has a lot of health issues, it. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) It freaked her out. It freaked her out. She was like, I'm not ready for you to die. I was like, I'm not that kind of sick. I'm not. I don't think I am. I'm not that kind of sick. I'm 
I'm like for the rest of my life sick, but not like my the rest of my life is limited. You're like I'm just annoyingly sick. I'm not scary sick. Right. It's just I have to to get to the baseline that most people wake up and just are at every day. I have to do extra things. Poor girl. She shouldn't have been so aware of all these mothers or all these parents, and she needs to know. She wants details. What do you? What kind of sick? Like how did they die? How old were they? And like to her. It's comforting. She she kind of has an understanding of like most people as they get older pass away. And that's kind of like the acceptable understanding of death. And that's not that it's not sad, but less traumatic than other death. And to her, that's the only acceptable answer of like why people died. Otherwise, it hits her so hard in her heart. And she feels poor girl. Mm -hmm. But then she'll turn around and just throw scary like don't get too close to the road or you'll get hit by a car and die. Or she'll throw out that that's a good pee. It's a good pee. And also, why is that lady watching me? Is she going to take me? Do strangers take me? I'm like, you need to not yell that in the middle of this uh, target, please. Where she can hear you two feet away. Great. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Okay, on a lighter note. Okay, since we're doing a book club here today, I want to have a book question. What book are you currently reading? Or listening to on Audible, because let's be real, we're busy ladies. I've got one that I'm listening to currently on Audible, Tower of Dawn, I'm trying to get through. Yeah. I have my feelings about Kale, so, or Kale, the, the Audible calls him Kale, which was a lot to wrap my mind around. Kale? Um, That's how I pronounce Kale. it. I see, I've been calling him Kale, but Kale, Kale. <laughs> like, like the vegetable? Just fucking Kale, yeah. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to try kale. with this pronunciation. I was like, I don't know what the goal is here. No, Kale, so I messed up. Kale. There is an A and an O in his name, my friend. I know, but that was just a lot of effort to try to like... I called it Rysand for the first year. <laughs> See, you just, you get in a groove and you just go with it. So I'm trying to get through his book on Audible. He's just, he's not my favorite character, but I'm getting through. But I have to get through it so that I can get to Kingdom of Ash. Correct. We've heard magical things about that book. Oh, man. I don't know if I'm ready to sob the way (laughs) literally everyone says it's going to happen. Do you have a physical book you're reading? I just finished one not that long ago. And it was a nonfiction autobiographical book. But it was posthumously published. So the author... Does that mean after dead? Passed away... Okay. Yeah, he, he passed away and then his book was published. It's uh, it's called When Breath Becomes Air. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was by... Sounds like Avatar and the Last Airbender. No, no, it's, it was... It, it's nonfiction. Uh, buddy, I was just kidding. I was kidding. Oh, I was like, Abby. No, <laughs> sorry. I was ki- No, I was kidding. Are you that slap happy right now? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's by Paul Kalanithi. I know I probably mispronounced that. I do apologize. And please, if anyone knows the correct way to pronounce it. What is it about? So he was a neurosurgeon and he was battling stage four metastatic lung cancer. Oh, that is very sad. It was. It it was. But I, it was a really good book because through it, it kind of goes through his last year of his uh, neurosurgical residency and he's experiencing negative changes with his health. Like he's uh, getting sicker from the cancer. Wait, so he was just a resident? Like he, 
He was still in residency? Yeah. It, That's very sad. Residency is after med school before you can get your um, full medical license. Yes. One of my best friends is res in residency. That's the only reason I know anything about that. It was his last year at Stanford in his residency. He was married, his wife, uh, Lucy. He was starting to decline, but he wanted to keep working. So he was kind of working through cancer and doing trying to get through his residency but it obviously got worse and worse and he was also kind of struggling to figure out what he believed in you know when it comes to like afterlife right like an afterlife and and morals and good and bad in the world and and struggling with that and I can definitely understand where he was coming from so it was not a difficult read and I don't think it's difficult for anybody to read this book. It wasn't like something that you need some deep intellectual understanding to follow. It was very introspective and thoughtful. And it was it was just interesting. And him and his wife ended up having a baby. And he did end up passing away. And it was just a really good book. And it is, I expected it to be more sad than what it was it was very peaceful and like the way everyone talks about him is like he did he did come to an understanding of what his beliefs were he did come to find peace and he did come to find happiness and acceptance through everything he was going through and he does work through like he's mad he's frustrated at what he's what he's going through he's frustrated that he's got cancer and that he's dying from cancer and that this is his life and that he's supposed to be this groundbreaking like they had such high hopes for what his career would be and it's all being taken away and it was just very well written and very well thought out and he he did a great job writing it and I'm glad that they ended up uh publishing it even after he passed that was not what I thought your answer was gonna be but I'm very glad you read that and you found happiness and his messages oh my gosh what'd you think i was gonna say i thought it was go going to be a, a book about fairies <laughs> or, oh God, I'm or so sorry. about did i hit you way too hard i'm uh, so sorry i have a huge fear and this is gonna come to bite me in the ass i already know it that i'm gonna get cancer someday because cancer runs in my family okay so in my head i'm like yep can, can relate mm -hmm. yes okay. but um on, on a, a, a brighter note, mine are about f fantasy and not cancer, death, dying. You share. I'm, I feel like I've scared her. Everyone's like, and we're done with this episode. Thanks a lot, Libby. Y'all know what Assassin's Blade is. It's a TOG book. So I am physically reading Assassin's Blade. And then... Mm, I'm so sorry. For your heart ahead of time. Yeah. I'm going to have my heart broken. But I am... On Audible, listening to book four of Blood and Ash, we've talked about how much I love this book series. Um, it's called The War of Two Queens. And I am just as connected to these characters as I am to the Akatar series. It has become one of my favorite book series that I've ever read. So if you're looking for anything to read that is not sad <laughs> about a man dying from cancer. It's not sad. And you'd like to pretend to exist in a fantasy world to avoid your problems, because I very much do that. I highly recommend Blood and Ash. Or if you're traumatic like me and you like to, <laughs> to face- If you're not a hypochondriac, Please listen to Libby's recommendation. I also, a, a little while back, I finished 
um, I'm Glad My Mother's Dead by uh, Jeanette McCurdy. That you did was, tell me about that one. Oh, yeah. That was a really good one. I, that, I think that, for me, was sadder. That was hard to read through a lot of the stuff she went through. And uh, I just want to, like, hug her. And I, if anyone ever addresses her as, oh, aren't you Sam? Like, you guys suck. You guys suck. No, she's Jeanette McCurdy. She's a person. And she deserves so much respect. And just, I don't know. Like, she's someone that, like, I'm so impressed with how far she's come through. Like, oh my god. Just her whole life. Like, Is that your other book recommendation of the week? I have so many book recommendations. I'm sorry. You've got your sad cancer one. We need Libby's sad books is what we need. They're not Libby's sad book. Libby's sad book recommendations. I like to know how people look. I found not die. Die. I like to know how they die. As someone who has come close to dying and gets sick very often, I like to find comfort in seeing how other people find peace and what they dying feel. No, I, I, I want to feel the kind of peace about like what my beliefs are and I want to, I want to understand other people's beliefs and I want to be able to understand how they feel the way they feel. Okay. I like to feel things, even the sad ones. We're moving on. All right. Let's just keep going. God. A dragon without its writer is a tragedy. A writer without their dragon is dead. The irony of you just saying how sad like, all this <laughs> stuff about death is and you don't want to read that. Oh, love that. Like I said, this is all by our lovely Jules has written everything here. And we are going to start with the beginning synopsis of Fourth Wing. In Fourth Wing, Violet Sorengale is a 20-year-old resident of the fictional land of Navarre. And she's about to enter Bizgayeth War College in the scribe quadrant, like her father, studying books and history. But her mother, the commanding general, has other plans and orders her to seek entry into the elite dragon riders quadrant, which is extremely dangerous and deadly. In fact, the first sentence of Fourth Wing warns, the day on which entry is sought, conscription day, is the deadliest. And even if she makes it through, as her rigid mother Lilith, confident older sister Mira, and strategic older brother Brennan did, only a fraction will live to graduate. It is conscription day and Violet will now attempt entry into the writer's quadrant, not the scribe quadrant, for which she was prepared. Violet herself is pale, petite, and frail, with silver-tipped hair. She has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, this is implied, but the author has confirmed it, which is a connected tissue disorder, so she'll have to fight extra hard, not just to succeed, but to also survive. First, the conscripts must survive walking across a parapet, a bridge, on which many of them will die. There, Violet befriends new cadets like Rhiannon Matthias, and she also has her longtime friend, Dane Atos, to look after her. Dane is a second-year leader whose father is an advisor to Violet's mother. However, many other people, like the powerful wing leaders, Zayden Ryerson, who's basically described as tall, dark, and handsome, have it out for her, and revenge may be deadly. He and many of the others are only there because of the fallout from their parents' rebellion, after which Violet's mother executed them. As it turns out, Zayden's father also played a part in the death of Violet's brother. So, Violet and Zayden definitely start things off as enemies. Without giving too much away about what occurs after conscription day, we'll generally note that what follows are deadly physical challenges, like the gauntlet, a vertical obstacle course guarding the veil where the dragons live, designed to test the cadet's balance, strength, and agility. Thereafter, of course, there's also threshing. When the dragons choose a human rider with whom they bond, tactical training like battle brief in preparation and participation in squad battle. 
After threshing, things change between Violet and Zayden, as they are forced to bond due to unexpected circumstances. As their bond grows, so does their romance that slowly burns until the spark fully ignites in a magically steamy way. However, Zayden's graduation day is approaching, and it's unclear where he will be sent next. Meanwhile, it's becoming more and more clear that all may not be what it seems, or what Violet has been told, and attacks are on the rise at the border. Background Information this book takes place in one fictional continent with two kingdoms. These kingdoms were at war for 400 years. Navarre is the larger kingdom, which is mountainous and produces ore, timber, deer, and elk. Vizgaeth War College is in Navarre. There are four quadrants, riders, healers, scribes, and infantry. There are three squads in each section, flame, claw, tail, and three sections in each of the four wings. The highest ranks in the quadrant are wing leader and section leader, which are generally held by the most elite third-year students, but exceptional second years can also rise in the rankings. Everyone else is ranked as cadet before threshing, always October 1st, which is when the dragons choose a human rider with whom they bond. Dragons speak only with their bonded riders, and the bond creates both a relic, a magical symbol of honor and power that marks the rider's skin, and a signet, or a special power in the humans, like mind reading or manipulating metal. The stronger the bond and the more powerful the dragon, the stronger the signet. A signet is a combination of our power with your own ability to channel. It reflects who you are at the core of your being. In the Kingdom of Navarre, Terendor is the largest province, and it is the only province to attempt secession in 627 years. After this rebellion, the officers were executed, and their 107 innocent children were marked with the rebellion relic by the dragon who carried out this order of the king and conscripted into the rider's quadrant to either prove their loyalty or show their service through their death. Peromiel is the smaller of the two kingdoms in the continent, consisting of arable plains and marshlands, textiles, fields of grains, and gems. Griffins from Peromiel, half-lion, half-eagle creatures that don't tolerate altitude, also channel powers to riders, called flyers, like dragons do. The two kingdoms of Navarre and Peromiel are bound by the trade agreement of Resson, signed 200 years prior to the time of Fourth Wing. Per this agreement, trades are made in Peromiel four times a year at the Athbine outpost on the border of Krovla and Terendor, the south-central part of the continent. Also important to note are the wyvern folklore. They are similar to, but bigger than, dragons. They have two feet instead of four, a mane of razor-sharp feathers streaking down their necks, and a taste for humans. Wyvern's riders are called Venon who are essentially creepy former humans with a descended red vein spidering around their red eyes. Fables say Venom created Wyvern to compete with dragons and instead of channeling from them, channel power into them. When a Venom is killed, all of the Wyvern it created are also killed. Now to the ending of the book. If you don't want any spoilers, this is probably a good time to uh, leave. There was an attack in which people died, and Zayden is called to a mission beyond the wards that protect them. He wants to bring Violet because of the extremely strong mated bond his dragon, Segale, shares with hers, Tarn. Liam also joins them with his dragon, Day. Griffin riders attack Violet, and it soon appears Zayden has been trading with them. It seems everybody is really a traitor. Furthermore, Venon attacked a village and are headed towards them. They want material that powers the wards and keeps everybody safe. Hence, they are the real enemy. Violet is angry, but Zayden makes up with her. However, he realizes that Dane has been reading Violet's memories his signet, and is now going to tell his father about Zayden's activity. It is now clear that they've been sent past the wards to die. Zayden is left with a choice to abandon either the village under attack or his command. 
They battle the venom, and both Liam and Day sadly and tragically die. Taryn is attacked, and Violet is stabbed as she and Zayden kill the venom. Zayden realizes Violet was poisoned, and she remains unconscious for three days. When she awakes, she finds herself in Erasia, which is burned to the ground after the rebellion, but is being rebuilt. Violet's brother, Brennan, walks in and welcomes her to the rebellion. I love this book so much, and I can't wait to geek out about it next time. Next time. Next book club meeting. for sure. We have to, I know, I've been like, as we're both reading these, I am so ready to just tear it all apart and talk about all of it. There's so many little extra details that we can't go into yet because obviously we just need to give it like an overview of the book to give you time to read it. Oh my gosh, this book is so good and has so many twists and turns. <sighs> we will have our next book club meeting for the release of the next book in the series, Iron Flame. Then we will discuss our thoughts and feelings about the series because believe me, we have many. Until then... Let's sagu, is that what we're calling it? Let's sagu into our star of the week. <laughs> Let, let's sagu. Jules, I am so sorry that this is the episode that sagu comes in. Anyway, our star of this week this week is the magical, beautiful, extremely talented Julianne. She is the president of the Literary Lifestyle, which is a blog. She is like a full-time blogger and I'm so proud of this woman. She kills it. So she has a magnificent website that has a whole bunch of info on a bunch of different book series. She covers a bunch of different book series by a bunch of different authors, but my favorites are Colleen Hoover. She also covers Ellen Hildebrands and of course, Fourth Wing. So if you guys would like to go check her out, I will go ahead and give you her website. It is J-U-L-E-S-B-U-O-N-O.com, also known as The Literary Lifestyle. Please go give her a subscription because it's a blog. We're talking old school here and we love it. I'm also going to go ahead and link her Instagram, which is jewels.literarylifestyle. Again, she has such an aesthetic Instagram and it makes my heart so happy. And guys, she's got everything from good book pairings to her favorite eight Taylor Swift song lyrics. I mean, everything under the sun. And she is your know-it-all girl for all things fourth wing. Hi, Abby, Libby, and listeners. And thank you so much for making me your star of the week as you discuss fourth wing. I'm Julianne, also known as Jules, and I run The Literary Lifestyle, which is your virtual reading corner. TheLiteraryLifestyle.com started as a personal blog back in 2019 when I was writing things like book reviews and book lists in my free time, simply as a lifelong bookworm and avid reader who wanted a creative outlet. Eventually, I wanted a place to store them online so I could easily share them and refer back to them. This was before the days of Bookstagram and BookTok. And so my little blog baby was born. Since that time, things have grown and changed a lot. By 2022, the Literary Lifestyle website had grown so much that I quit my job to focus on it full time. Now it reaches about 500,000 to 750,000 readers each and every month. My mission is for busy women to feel as inspired as a cozy afternoon at home with a book and a warm beverage through my digital content. I mean, isn't that what we all want as readers? I'm especially excited to be the star of the week during the fourth wing episode of A Court of Thorns and Podcast, because fourth wing is a great example of how the literary lifestyle has grown and changed over time. Also support readers' lives as best as possible. So I'm a very logical person who struggles with the new world created in fantasy novels. Other than Harry Potter, that is, pop culture and the movies helped me with that. But at the same time, I was getting really influenced by social media to pick up fourth wing. 
So I grabbed my Kindle and a notebook and took hundreds of notes along the way. Of course, I too ended up falling in love with all things dragons. So I turned my notes into several blog posts about Fourth Wing, as well as a principal guide to help you get through it and prepare for the sequel, Iron Flame. It's become popular with thousands of readers already. By the way, it's also inspired me to pick up Akatar, which is currently sitting on my to-be-read shelf. So for all of this and more like it, you can head to thelibrarylifestyle.com. And remember, we can live as cowards or die as riders. Calling all dreamers. We want to hear from you guys. Send an email to accordofthornsandpodcasts at gmail.com. Tell us everything, how you found the series, your favorite characters, questions you have for us, and all your thoughts and opinions on Fourth Wing, of course, please. Also, if you like us at all. Yeah, any questions you've got that we could answer? If there's anything you want us to address in our Fourth Wing divulge, just spilling all the tea there, please send that in to our email or you can slide into our Instagram DMs, either one. Also, if you guys like us even a little bit, like if you're not completely turned off by our podcast and you're like, "Eh, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, then go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or rating on Spotify to help us find more of our bookish friends. And of course, uh, you get a little star emoji this week if you uh, share the podcast with your friends. Oh, a star emoji? For free? Star emoji. Yeah, okay, yeah, why not for free? We're giving those away? Oh my gosh. To the people who listen and the dreams that are answered. We will see you next week. And remember, don't let the hard days win. And don't fall off your dragons, guys. Come on. Don't lose your dragons. From the dark, there's a man on the Takes me. Taking all my feelings, you in my head, you in my heart. I'm never in the dark. Beskayeth Ward College in the Scribe Quadrant. God damn it, these fantasy books. Fantasy, fantasy books. Okay, restarting. Sagically. Shut up. They sagically die. I made a word. Okay. Woo!